So 
Welcome, everybody. This is Joshua Winters of Icy Thoughts, Icy Thoughts Radio, episode number two. Um, we are now in the Rec Philly building. Me and my man, Will. Say something, Will. What's going on, guys? <laughs> yeah, I'm Will. Um, I'm a writer here at Icy Thoughts. I'm a photographer as well. Mm-hmm. Been on the team now for a couple of weeks, right? Yeah, a couple of weeks. Just sort of like joined on right around the time of issue 002 plus. Um, just reached out during DM and we've been hustling and bustling ever since. Yeah, we've been doing a whole lot. Yeah. Um, I actually, yeah, like Josh said, I just sent him a DM. I slid in there um, and he was real cool. He responded right away. I sent him some writing samples and he was like, yeah, I'm hyped for you to be a part of this. I met him at issue two um, at the the listening the I met him at the issue two release John release John at <laughs> ethic uh, I popped in there for a second said hey then he gave me a call a little while later and we talked we uh we really bonded over Anthony Fantano and just some <laughs> different artists Kanye you know uh, we talked for a bit and then I met him a few days later again it was like our first time really hanging out at the Charlie Heat listening party, and that was super that dope. Was super lit, man. I shot super some photos there. Josh yeah. wrote some. I actually wrote some words. Yeah, you did. I, I did that story. <laughs> what I'm talking about. But yeah, and that was the first time I'd really met him, uh, and things clicked pretty well. And now I'm on the team. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like that that listening party was actually my favorite listening party I've ever been to. Um, most high profile, most high quality music the album is still i'm still listening to those tracks like so yeah that was just like a, a big move for just the brand of icy thoughts and just learning shit about what's going on in the city because it's a lot of a lot of movers and shakers out here a lot of uh, good names that we have to meet and, and collaborate with yeah. yeah and that was like my first real taste of like I guess the rap community, if you want to call it that, in Philly and just like the creative community in general. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, like Josh said, there's so many people that were just doing dope things. They were there in one room. And everyone was just hanging out. It was like a pretty low-key kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. Just playing the album. Um, and the album the album rules. It's a great fucking album. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it was super great to be a part of that. That was one of my first times really like shooting things. I've only been shooting now for about a month and a half, and we'll kind of talk about that in I this still podcast. Don't even that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I shot a little bit in high school, but this is my first time really shooting seriously, taking this uh, photojournalism class right now. So that's kind of what got me into it. Uh, shout out Temple for giving me a camera because mm-hmm. um, I, I don't have a camera. Use the resources. Yeah, you use the resources. For it you anyway. got. Exactly, exactly. So you want to talk about Fashion Week? Yeah, so now we moved on to our big event. Um, swell string of events uh, Philly Fashion Week their brand new reinvention this year 2019 at the the Fashion District um, the formerly known as the Gallery and yeah they just they hooked it up this year <laughs> they took it to another level I remember Philly Fashion Week used to be like just like an underground thing a couple people knew about it a couple people didn't Events were kind of like all over the place. They weren't really in the best locations. And um, the designers knew about it, but it was really still all about New York. But now we 
we come to this year where it's like, oh, Philly Fashion Week is actually lit. Like, people actually want to come here, the people that actually really care about fashion and the people that just the onlookers, the designers, the models, like, all ranges are all getting involved this year. So we met a ton of people in the process as well. We met yeah. so many people. Um, and that was what was so dope about this week is just the fact that Philly Fashion Week, the level of talent there really is, really does rival that of New York and even the other fashion weeks around the world. Mm -hmm. But it's still on a fairly small scale. All these people are super down to earth. It's not these huge names like Gucci or like Chanel or whatever, uh, not to call those guys out. But yeah, it's just like local people that are doing cool things. Most of the models were local people. We became friends with a whole bunch of them. Yeah, um, yeah just everyone was super down to earth. So that's what's so cool about this city is although Philly is like a really big city, everything is still happening on a slightly smaller scale. And you can kind of work your way in there and really get to know people and develop and build relationships, that's which is cool. one of my favorite things about this city and the creative community here. Yeah, there's a lot a lot of things going on and this was like this was like the showstopper for maybe the the month honestly for Philly. Um it just from the day from day one, the opening day, um I feel like every day I kinda was like, I don't know <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's worth it, but the opening day was definitely a a nice little taste into what we were gonna get. You know, we had the it was it was kind of a runway, but not really a runway. They had um, DJ, I think his name is DJ Mr. Hollywood. Mm -hmm. um, he was going off. He DJed almost every single night, actually. Okay, so yeah. shout out to him. Yeah. Um, we had the the woman on the violin. I forgot her name. I forgot too. Yeah, but um, she was killing it too. And he he was DJing, and she was playing the violin at the same time. And he would like leading into like a, a EDM track and then people were like it was almost becoming like a club for a little bit and um it just without the alcohol I guess for the first day um the Hard Rock Cafe was sponsoring and um they made a few like little fruity drinks and they had a had a little bit of finger food some hors d'oeuvres they had like uh yeah some caviar they had some <laughs> um they had like an elaborate grilled cheese and tomato sauce kind of little thing going on but yeah, they just had little 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 finger foods and stuff. But and then we also got to have like a taste of the of the the designers. You know, they had like what was it like eight or ten of them. Yeah. So the way it worked yeah. is they just had a couple designers come out with some of their models, mm -hmm. um, and yeah, like Josh said, just kind of give us a taste of some of the looks, of some of the styles, what they had going on. Mm -hmm. um, the models basically stood on these like big blocks. And everyone kind of walked around, took pictures, got to mingle with them. Um, then they had, like, other sets come out. And then everyone just kind of walked around and took pictures. And once again, just to really, like, emphasize how approachable everyone was, mm -hmm. that was what was so cool, is that everyone was just, like, standing there, you know? And after the models were done kind of showing off and <laughs> showing off their looks, they came around and talked to everyone. Um, so you really were able to just like learn a little bit more about the designs. The designers are standing there with the models. You can mm -hmm. tell it really is a fairly tight-knit community. Yeah, you could sort of just walk right up on them and like, yo, that was, <laughs> they're like a few feet away from you, the, the designer of the whole fit. And it's like, you can just walk right up to him or her and just be like, yo, that was amazing. I loved it. And then 
take a picture with them. It was so many like different photo ops as well, and all around the all around the space. And I just knew, especially especially when the the model, I'm not sure of the designer. She was in the in the last runway, but the 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 bug little thing that she had going on with the antenna, mm-hmm. that was just I was like, okay, this is gonna be different. <laughs> and the guy with the sneakers around his neck, like Liam, one, yeah, for minor cool rumors, yeah, Liam. Um, it was just a bunch of little little different things that were going on, just in the opening. Um, yeah, the, the models definitely did their thing. They did several different kinds of poses, and yeah, it was just a nice, nice appetizer. I thought for the for the beginning, and then that was only a few days after the gallery, after the fashion district opened. So people were just seeing the mall for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, was, it was like a, a fresh new experience. And one of the things that was cool was the first couple of nights. The events were either in that like lobby area where the first night event was, yeah. and then the two nights after that were held in kind of the basement of the fashion district. Mm-hmm. So what was super cool is although they were all ticketed events, you know, they were only open if you had a press pass like us, or if you literally bought a ticket. Um, everyone could still kind of see what was going on during the two runway shows that took place yeah, in the basement. Just hovering on top. Yeah, exactly. Top Tons of people. And so it kind of made it a little bit more accessible to people that might not have had the opportunity to attend an event like this, might have not even known about it, that just happened to be kind of walking around shopping and whatnot. So, yeah, I thought that that was super cool that that was a thing. Yeah. And in the second one, which one was that? That was the... That the student one? The second night was the trend show. The trend show. Which yeah. basically served as kind of like a glorified event highlighting some of the shops that were in the mall. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and that was honestly. <laughs> that was one of the weaker nights. Not to be like an asshole about it. To be there were some cool though. looks. Yeah. Um, the one brand, it was um, South Fellini. They had. Their store is basically like a novelty t-shirt store <laughs> with like Philly, Philly stuff. Yeah. So they had uh, the Wawa logo with uh, John Erden on it. Yeah. And like, I don't know, seeing that in a runway is kind of corny. Yeah. And that's like kind of the point. Mm-hmm. But The Fairmount Park was like Jurassic Park. That yeah. one I fuck with a little bit more. <laughs> some of them were like, okay, this is witty. But some of them were like, uh, I kind of seen this already. Feel like I think sometimes people just, Philly in general, they take the... They take our slang and try to like commodify it a little too much. Like you, you go anywhere and stuff. They're like, "This is a good joint right here." <laughs> like they're advertising vitamin water or something like that. Or McDonald's will come in and be like, "Hey, uh, Burger King is drawing to mess with us." Like <laughs> they, they try to like commodify our slang a little too much sometimes. Just let it be. You know, we don't need a whole outfit to say that we're a joint and like, <laughs> he's a bull and all that. Like this is how it is. We. You know, people like Rocky, people like hoagies, people like cheesesteaks, but <laughs> leave it. Sometimes it can be left alone. Yeah, if we see you rocking that shit, you're getting, you're getting hit. <laughs> you can cut that part. <laughs> I thought, I thought it, it was like um, Century 21's line actually was one of the better ones. I was a little bit surprised. I like Century 21's. Yeah, there were some really like genuinely cool looks and designers there. Mm-hmm. Um, there was stuff that was kind of dumb, like like we talked about South Fellini. There was also there's a new Asics store in the mall. Yeah, so that was Asics so had a wet. show. <laughs> and like, here's the thing: streetwear and athletic wear. K 
can be cool. Obviously, we've all seen designers do that in a way that looks sick. Mm. Alexander Wang comes to mind. You know, Kanye with some of the Yeezy stuff. Of course. Like, you can do streetwear in a way that's cool. And we saw that on night um, night four, on Thursday night. Yeah. You know, they were bringing the streetwear looks. Mm. But the ASICS event was just, like, very typical workout clothes. Like, yeah. stuff you see in, like, middle-aged moms. It didn't even look, like, <laughs> new or fresh or innovative. It just looked like they just... It didn't even look like it was something that, that they pulled out of the store. It just looked like somebody just pulled out their gym clothes and just threw them on and walked down the runway. Straight up, people just like found an old box of Asics clothes from a couple of years ago, <laughs> popped that on, Asics, and they nah. just walked down. It was whack. Yeah. And I like Asics sneakers, but that just that that just wasn't the one. And the models were actually really good. That was the that mm-hmm. was kind of the, the the sad part because the models. Throughout the whole thing, honestly, the models were incredible. Once again, shout out to the models. Mm-hmm. Really, everyone was killing it. One of the other things that was really cool is all the models were super diverse in terms yeah. of race, gender, mm-hmm. everything, even just like their individual styles. The one model we talked about that walked for Mind of Cool Rumors, Liam Bergen, mm-hmm. uh, I actually did an interview with him for our other magazine, Refine Magazine. Go check that out. It's a women's lifestyle <laughs> mag. plug. We got to promote all the brands, all the mags that we're a part of. Uh, got to throw out to them. But, yeah, Liam basically tattooed his whole head, like, only last week, which yeah. I thought was wild. That was only a week ago. Yeah, he was sitting, he did yeah. 11 hours. So two different sessions for that. Um, so, yeah, like, models like that, they were bringing something different. Something that you don't typically see on the runway. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are girls that were bald. <laughs> Shout out to them. That was incredible. <laughs> there are actually a couple bald girls. Yeah, a couple interesting haircuts. And, um, yeah, they, they, they did their thing as far as they looked. They came correct. And mm-hmm. pretty much every night, some people just looked totally different. Like, it was one chick with a – she started off with an afro half the week. She came through, like, the last three runways were just – totally straight hair it was like mm-hmm. they were just doing they, they did the most and they came prepared i really enjoyed it and one of the other things that was so cool was like in a time where there's like a lot of like talk about like diversity and it doesn't really mean anything like it's like oh we'll include like a person of color or something yeah. they were actually like very diverse and they didn't make a big deal about it you know it just like more so reflects That's what's going on be. in the city yeah. yeah and it's not like oh look at how woke we are like check out our <laughs> shit but it was just like this is how it is and it was dope and no one like really talked about it but yeah it was it was super cool to see that's what we need more of yeah i especially liked it in the the student showcase mm-hmm. um all i think all the designers were of different races pretty much mm-hmm. except for two of them i, I believe um, but and and of course they're from different schools and you, you got Drexel, you got Moore College, you got Harcum College, and yeah, they just they all had different different um, backgrounds when it comes to fashion. You could tell that they all may have learned differently and they had different styles, but they were all really eye catching. I thought the student the students really did their thing. Yeah, the students were bringing it, and one of the student designers that I really want to talk about is uh, Ashley Castillo. Mm-hmm. And she ended up winning the event because not only was it just like a runway show, it was also an actual competition. Mm-hmm. So there are three different judges, um, all with varying levels of experience and expertise in the industry judging. Uh, so that was really cool. 
And so Ashley Castillo ended up winning the whole event out of a whole handful of student designers. She yeah. ended up winning a thousand bucks. She got a place in New York Fashion Week for next, I guess, next Fashion Week in, in okay. the winter for the winter season. Um, and she had an incredibly moving story. She basically started her career and her her artistic journey in Puerto Rico. And she ended up moving here after the hurricane, after Hurricane Maria a couple of years ago. Um, she was going to school there, and her school was actually destroyed. So wow. she was looking for a place to, a place to study and continue her journey. Um, and one of her professors actually reached out to a number of students, including Ashley, and said, "Hey, listen, I'm I got offered a job at Moore College in Philadelphia." Um, if anyone wants to come like study, you guys should reach out to me. We'll help arrange this. We'll help get you guys to the States, you know, so you can continue this, mm -hmm. um, to the mainland U S but yeah. So Ashley ended up being the only student that went there. She ended up living in Miami for a little bit with her dad, um, before eventually coming to Philadelphia Damn. and then. Yeah, and she's killing it. Amazing designs, too. You know, her story's amazing. And the clothes that she made were just gorgeous, you know, like colorful designs, like really, really cool stuff. It's a lot of a lot of great colors, honestly. I liked um, Sholin Brown's um, designs, another one from Moore College. It was sort of like a every, every piece sort of had like an all-white background to it. Um, yeah, they're all white, and then they have these small flares of blue and red, like, mixed in together. And um, a little bit comic book-like, a little bit. And, um, yeah, she just had a futuristic appeal to it. And, yeah, and also the, the Drexel student, her first name was Anna. Um, she just had, it was almost like a tie-dye look a little bit, but it was... Mm -hmm. It was luxury. It was it was formal wear. She had blazers, suits, and all of that dresses, and it kind of had that sparkly tie dye look to it. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, just throwing it back to Shaolin stuff, mm -hmm. she also had an incredible story. Her whole collection was trying to highlight the importance of having a dialogue about mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, that was kind of the whole idea of like the all white fits. Mm -hmm. Uh, she also had the models with socks over the shoes, socks over like heels and stuff. I don't I know if you remember that. that. Okay. Yeah, which is like a really bold thing. And when we were talking to her after the show, she mentioned that that was kind of a nod to like the whole look of like a mental institution, mm. you know, how everyone's wearing like white socks. So that was really important for her. And then the flashes of color were like a way for her to kind of express herself. Mm -hmm. and a way to kind of show that there is light at the end of the tunnel, wow. you know, which I thought was just amazing that Thank she's goodness. able to communicate all of that using fashion, you know, using that artistic medium. Yeah, we, we learned a lot, like, just the hit, the minds of these designers, you know, like, you think that um, when people just think it's so easy when, when the outside looking in. It's sort of like, it's sort of like music, mm -hmm. you know, you, oh, you can just go into the studio and spill your feelings out and then you have a hit record or you have a great record that everybody loves. That's not the case, you know. It's, it takes precision. It takes um, it takes substance, you know. It's, you have to go through some things to be able to 
dish out some things, and especially like with fashion, you know, they need a lot of a lot of practice and just um, experience with manipulating clothing before they can even get to the point where you you can be like Sholin and, and tell a story with a line, a whole line, like multiple pieces and and fit them just right so that they really lay that impact, you know. Mm-hmm. That's, that's different. And right? it's one thing to be able to, like, design, like, dope shit that looks cool, mm-hmm. but it's another, like Josh said, to actually infuse a real story, a real substance behind each of those looks. And that was what was so powerful. And once again, these are students, you yeah. know? So that's inspiring to see that these people are so young and they're already doing amazing things. Mm, 20, 21, 22. Yeah, right. Just fresh, ready to... Ready to take over the game. They're already at Philly Fashion Week and mm-hmm. winning awards and things like that. And even if they didn't win the awards, they still like that's still documented as being a Fashion Week designer, and they can just move on to more and more big things. Yeah, they're there hustling, showing their stuff, making connections with people, and that's what it's all about. Mm-hmm. And that was also the first time we got to see the orchestrators of Philly Fashion Week. Um, Kevin Parker. Ke- yeah, Kevin and Carrie. Um, yeah, Kevin Parker and um, Carrie Scott, yeah. the two lead organizers. They've been doing it now for over a decade. Okay. Yeah. Um, and actually, we'll just talk about it now. But one of the nights, Carrie and Kevin were just it got it got very emotional towards the end of. Yeah. It might have been the last night. I think. I was I was about to be crying. But they, they were actually like crying, uh, just. I don't know, their journey, the fact that they were able to overcome growing up in in like lower income communities, yeah. areas with gang violence, and then use fashion as a way out, you know? Mm. Really help lift up this community and help get all these different types of people involved in this like greater project, you know, that was greater than themselves. Super inspiring to see. Yeah, just all together really good dudes, just good people. Philly Fashion Week is like a, a staple at this point, mm-hmm. you know. So like, especially after this year, like 2020 and beyond, it's like, what are you doing if you're not at Philly Fashion Week? If you really think you're a model, you need to be at Philly Fashion <laughs> Week. If you really think you're a designer, you need to be at Philly Fashion Week, or at least in the running somehow, or collaborating. You think you're a stylist, like Devin Milan, the stylist. She was back there and backstage, mm-hmm. you know, orchestrating. Hey, you go here, you go there, like overextended and just proving how hard she can work you know so philly fashion week is just is, is just come to a very special place and, and carrie and kevin really honestly put in the effort and in that last ending speech they 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 showed it like they they came a long way so props to them props for them for showing making such a great event it went so smoothly it was never like a hiccup um only except for like a maybe a technical error or two, but... Yeah, there are issues with sound every now and then and lights, yeah. but that's to be expected, and everyone handled it in a way that was really professional and mature. Mm-hmm. Um, and that honestly speaks even larger than if everything had run smoothly, just because it's important to kind of see people when they're when they're struggling with stuff like that. That's, for me at least, that shows that they're human, and then how they respond to that is so important. Right. And it was cool to be able to see that. Yeah, the fashion district as well. I just wanted to touch on like they the the partnership was was certainly there. Like we're sitting in the row, and then there's they're showing the events for the the other 
upcoming events for the fashion district and then where you know you want to go to the bathroom you got to go through the fashion district you got to go like mm-hmm. you know the check-ins were right there it was right professional they had the um towards the end of the week really the best part of the week um we moved on to that little space i don't know what it's called but it's 801 market street mm-hmm. right next to the fashion district i guess they're gonna expand it over there and make some more shops but um they had the lights going like you know, like it was a Hollywood type of thing, Hollywood affair, and um, they had they had a carpet, and you know they they just really brought the whole city out. You know, people were walking up up off the street like, hey, what is this? And coming in and buying a ticket and sitting in a row. You know. Yeah, and from like Wednesday night to Thursday night, the jump made was so yeah. dramatic. We walked in and we were like, yeah. oh, this is this is Fashion Week. You know, this is. This is what's going on, um, and that was that was really important to see. Um, and just real quick before we talk about the three main runway shows, the Streetwear one and then Runway one and two, I also did just want to have a conversation about how we were able to get there because I yeah. think that's also really important. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it basically started with me um, and then Natalie, Natalie Cavallo. Uh, shout out to her. She covered Fashion Week all week with me. She wrote a series of amazing articles detailing mm-hmm. all of the nights. Some shout of those are Natalie. still coming out. Shout out to Natalie for really just killing it. Um, so, yeah, Natalie's been a friend of mine now for a couple of years. We actually have class together. We were sitting in class one day. She was like, you know, it would be dope if we were covered Fashion Week. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it would. Um, and she kind of said it as like an offhand comment, but she was serious. I was like, you know what? That would be dope. So I like went home, um, and I was like, Yo, Natalie, listen. Like, I don't know if you're joking or not, but we're doing this. <laughs> so I applied for press passes. She applied for one, um, and we both got them. We applied for press passes for Refine Magazine once again to <laughs> plug them. Um, and Refine Magazine is a women's lifestyle magazine. It's founded by Sarah Mattis who now works for Town & Country Magazine in New York. Okay. She's killing it. She's doing real big things. Um, and now the editor is Francesca Fury, a good friend of mine. Um, and so, yeah, Francesca was like, yeah, this sounds like a great idea. And then the digital editor, Sarah Waddington, she was super on board with it. She really helped us to kind of facilitate this whole process and then get those articles onto the site. Um, but yeah, we applied for the press passes, we got them and we were, we didn't know what to expect, you know, cause we've never really done this. We haven't even done much event coverage, but Natalie and I went, um, and you, covered it. You swung the opportunity over to me, said, you know, this would be a great opportunity yeah. for Icy Thoughts. So then like, you know, he's sort of like working as a double agent. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I'm in there, I got, I got my press pass. It just was surprisingly easy, but, um, I felt like it was. I wasn't gonna complain because you know that was that was meant to be for sure. Like they they came in, they checked us in, but regardless, you know, icy thoughts was supposed to be there. So. Yeah, and that was that was the thing that was so cool is I got involved with icy thoughts like I said only a couple weeks ago. Um, so I had basically applied for my press pass for Refined before I got involved with Josh and the rest of the team here. Um, and then once I got those press passes and I really started doing stuff for Icy Thoughts, I hit up Josh. I was like, you got to be here, dude. Mm. Like, 
he told me about the Charlie Heat listening party, which was a great event. And I was like, dude, Fashion Week is gonna, it's gonna be lit. Like we gotta, we gotta do this. We gotta be here. So I threw that to him. Especially after like having a, a fashion designer on the cover of the last mm -hmm. magazine. So like we've been we've been getting a lot of traffic and a lot of um, inquiries and and follows and all kinds of interactions from people that are in the fashion world already. So I thought like this would definitely you know, push that even further, just meeting more designers and, and models and stuff and showing them, a, a lot of them already know Imani, they already know Pish Posh, they already know the brands and stuff. Shout out to Imani Harris. Yeah, shout Pish out to Posh Imani. Designs. Yeah, and um, Pish Posh Apparel. Urbane, who was also in there, Charles J, shout out Charles J and Urbane, really dope guys, really dope brand. Um, but yeah, a lot of those people there, they, they knew those, the people that are in the magazine, so it's more more comfortable for them to be acclimated to icy thoughts and want to know more and get involved so this was just like a match made in heaven for real yeah and it was just an amazing like networking opportunity mm -hmm. really to help promote icy thoughts help promote refine just promote what we're doing as individuals as a team all of it and just once again getting to meet so many amazing people you know over yeah, the yeah. course of all those nights and we were hustling we went to almost every single event and I can't really say this with certainty, but we were some of the only people there night after night. Yeah. We really were. We were hustling. Um, and I think it's, it's starting to show with all the connections that we made. Um, so, yeah, I just really wanted to shout out Natalie, Natalie Cavallo once again, um, just because we really wouldn't have been able to do it without her. We got a lot of great interviews and stuff with so many different designers and models. Mm -hmm. um, and then I was there shooting. And so I haven't really done a whole lot of reporting with other people before, so it was great to get a report on this with Josh, with Natalie, and do it as a team, because that's what it's all about. Yeah, you're the fastest learner I've ever seen, <laughs> honestly. Just hop right in, just hop right into the action, just get it popping. That's how it's supposed to be, though. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, People ask me sometimes, because I've, like I said, I've only been shooting now for less than two months, like, oh, dude, you seem so comfortable just going up to people, like, <laughs> asking people. And it's like, listen, what's the worst thing that someone's going to say if you ask for, like, a photo? They're no. going to say no. Yeah. And it's not that deep. You know, I was in Chinatown the other night taking photos. And uh, I, I just think this story is funny. But I was walking around with some friends, and my one friend hit me up because she was like, oh, you're good at talking to people, and I need to get photos of strangers. So she <laughs> kind of brought me along. And I was taking photos of people. I literally just went up to this one dude. I was like, yo, man, can I, uh, can I step into your kitchen here? He was like a dude that owned a Chinese restaurant. Mm -hmm. They had all the ducks in the window and stuff. Oh, and he's like, yeah, of course. So he invited me into the kitchen. <laughs> he was like chopping up the duck and stuff. Oh, and that that's the, the thing. That was the picture you posted? Yeah, I posted a couple photos on my Instagram. That's the thing. You really just got to ask. You got to make those connections. Mm -hmm. You just got to be open with people and show people that you're not like, a robot, you know, sometimes as journalists, sometimes as people in the media, people tend to think of us as like, I don't know, kind of weird or strange, mm -hmm. but you really just got to be a person, you got to be normal, <laughs> got to go up to people, talk to them, yeah. and it really, it works out, you know, that's what it's about. Yeah, uh, PSA, all rappers that keep saying, fuck these bloggers, fuck these writers, <laughs> uh, you can stop that, because that's <laughs> invalid, um, we're actually real people, and um it, um, for the most part, you know, people that come out to events and cover them and people that walk up to artists and send all these emails, like, 
we're really dedicated because we don't have to be doing this. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just like it's more it's more of a passion than anything. Um, especially when you even when you start making it monetized and all that, it's more because of you you're in tune with the scene. You know, once you get into the scene, it's really hard to get out. It's not like, oh, I'm just you know, I was I was really going to a hundred events a year and then the next year I don't go to any or I used to know so many artists and now I don't know any artists. Like once you start meeting people, they become part of your life. You know, like you're spending New Year's with them. You're going <laughs> to their baby showers. You're going to their birthdays. You're going to shit like that. So it's just, you know, their release parties for these projects that they, you know, going to a listening party and stuff like that. Like artists spend years. Like that Char Charlie Heat one, that was his debut album. He's been, your debut album is what you work on your whole life. Mm -hmm. Whether whether you s actually start the process for it your whole life, but it's always building towards yeah, that product. All the the substance in your life has all has led up to your debut album. So these artists spill their whole feelings and their passion, blood, sweat, and tears into these projects, and we're just like we're here to enjoy it. We respect it, and we think that it deserves to be highlighted. So that's what we did here in Fashion Week. And that's the thing. We're like a local magazine. You know, we're yeah. trying to promote people that we think are doing cool things for this community. So it's all love. It really is. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Fashion Week was amazing. And once again, you really, you just got to get yourself in that room. Mm -hmm. You got to start talking to people. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah, that's, that's one thing I've, I, I learned like these past especially this week, and then just going to a couple of events and doing vending and stuff like that. It's just, it's not a lot of people that are willing to take that leap. Mm -hmm. It's not a lot of people that are willing to, to show up. Like, a lot of people don't even want to get out their crib, honestly. <laughs> like, the, you know, especially Big Mouth just came back. Like, it's going to be a lot of people just in the house, <laughs> just binge-watching binge and stuff like that. Like, it's, you know, especially with technology, it's less and less reason to leave your house. You can... You can find a date on your phone. You can order some food <laughs> on your phone. Like, people don't even want to leave the crib. But when you have a passion like this, you got to pound the pavement. You got to meet people. You got to, when people invite you to shit, don't say, oh, bro, I forgot. Oh, it slipped my mind. Or how was it? I couldn't make it. Like, sometimes when you sleepy, you smoke too much, you're too high, or you <laughs> drink too much, you're too drunk, whatever, you sick, you know, you got other things you'd be doing, you got homework, still just try to make that effort just to come out and, and, and make conversation and, and make connections because it's really, really valuable. And listen, once again, we're people. Like, there were nights where we were tired, mm -hmm. class all day, work, whatever it was, you know? Um, and it's at a certain point, you just got to be like, fuck it, I'm going to this event. And then as soon as we were at the events, it, it was popping. <laughs> it was popping, you know? It was super fun. And we were like, oh, of course we need to be here. Of course this is fun. Of course this is dope. And you feel energized, and you're just feeding off the energy of all the people there, mm. you know? So I, I think that's so important. Just get out of bed, you know? <laughs> as hard as it can be sometimes, listen, I get it. You just got to get out of bed. You got to go out there. You got to meet people. Most people came out of bed on <laughs> Thursday. Yeah. That Thursday night, that streetwear night. That was the one for the city, man. People really showed out to that one. Yeah, so let's talk about Thursday night now. Because mm. Thursday night... I don't know about you, but that was for sure my highlight. It was Thursday night was so sick. Mm -hmm. it's, it, it started off with now we have music in the in the. It was we had um, Reek Yvonne. He was doing his opening set, and then um, Sim Santana was also there towards the end. We're gonna talk about that. 
but they just had it, it first of all the the whole scene was switched because this was the first night in that 801 market street place but the music was just much more dynamic it was much more serious i think we had still had the same dj but he was just going in on a different mm -hmm. level um the designers had their own music gutta he made he, he made his own tracks like by hand um and it, it was just a different audio and visual experience from, mm -hmm. from top to bottom and um i, I really i i really got the to meet the people and they had like booths set up for all the streetwear, like really like yep. a pop-up shop style kind of thing that's what i really like so it takes it back to the essence of streetwear you know people go get some clothes manipulate them spray paint them cut them up whatever they do and then they have a pop-up shop whether it's like at their crib or it's at an event or whatever it's just a really relaxed kind of situation you have your you have your work and people could flip through it and buy it yeah. yeah and that's that's really it's amazing to be able to see these pieces as not just like cool things that you see on the runway mm -hmm. but as actual wearable articles of clothing yeah. stuff that you can like walk around flex and you know I know Josh got a shirt from uh, Lamont Latif, and yeah. we'll talk about that. Yeah. They're doing dope stuff. Uh, shout out Mont. But it was, it was it was some of the yeah, like I said, like um, some of the pieces that you'll see, and like with like Chanel and Gucci and Louis, and like sometimes they'll they'll be like a little bit overwhelming or outrageous to you, mm -hmm. like. Who's wearing that on a Thursday? You know? like, <laughs> nobody's just gonna. You're gonna wear that once a year, or maybe once in your life. You know, like the stuff that Cardi B wears. Like she's gonna wear that at the Met Gala, and that's it. Mm -hmm. Nobody, nobody's gonna be rocking that just because they feel good today. Yeah. But like the streetwear stuff is like, if you're having a good day, you're gonna throw on some um, Lamont Latif. You're gonna throw on some Majita Monet. You're gonna throw on some. Um, collage or some king me ambitious or something like that like it's comfortable it's colorful it's it has a whole bunch of different you know personality to it and like it's still great. out there you're still able to show off your personal style and yeah. it's definitely not like normal ass clothes that you would see it like a gap or like old navy we're at asics yeah we're at asics we gotta throw shade to them because that <laughs> shit sucked but but yeah, it's really genuinely creative. One of my favorite designers from that night is uh, Brandon Johnson mm -hmm. uh, from Mind of Cool Rumors. He's been doing this now for, I think, over 10 years. This was his first mm. first runway show. He actually designed the music himself for that. He put that in the music. He put that in the music. He literally said, This is the first runway. This is the first runway for, for Gunna God. <laughs> Gods, which is kind of like the one of the. the recurring motifs um in that work but his stuff is amazing mm -hmm. i think he has his finger on the pulse of what's happening yeah. a lot of his stuff was heavily inspired by like anime um he video games video games yeah. you know just things that are relevant that are popping off in the culture uh he had the sick pair of dragon ball z shorts it's just like a collage of different Dragon Ball Z characters and scenes and stuff. Mm -hmm. So that was super sick. He also had it's kind of like a coat slash like poncho like yeah, cape type thing. Yeah. He was actually wearing it the first night, um, and then yeah, that's how that's how we seen him because he was yeah. just standing next to me, and he was standing right in front of 
um, Liam with the sneakers around his neck and that whole like orange like puffer coat and, and mm-hmm. the whole sweat thing. It, it was open a little bit. It was. And we just got to talking. We were like, yeah. dude, that's so sick. Like, what is it? He's like, I designed this, like, Mind of Cool Rumors. And I was like, oh, damn. And that was another thing. It was like, this dude, like, has this big streetwear company, and it's amazing. But he's so approachable. We talked so to him, chill. like, every night. So chill. Yeah. He dapped me up on the runway. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's throwing love to all of us. Um, and we we took amazing photos of him. He was actually the only designer um, that had stuff not only on the streetwear night but also on runway one yeah, a whole different that. set of looks too yeah. which was sick and he used a lot of the same models which was cool um a lot of the models were used again and again mm-hmm. so you really did get the same kind of group of people which was kind of cool yeah and it was like it was like a blank it was like a canvas everybody had the same canvas but mm-hmm. people did different things with them so you had the same you know the same short girl will come up, or the same <laughs> tall girl, or same tall man, like you know, the same buff guy come up, and it it they look totally different minutes later in the next runway. Shout out the whole hair and makeup team. Yo. There are about like <laughs> two dozen people straight up all backstage working on that. Mm-hmm. And that was another thing that was super cool is on the first night of the streetwear event, uh, Natalie and I showed up, and then Josh showed up. And immediately, we just walked backstage. <laughs> and Natalie was kind of like, do you think we're like allowed to do this? Do you th-? And I'm like, I mean, I don't know. Once again, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Someone's going to be like, no, you got to like leave, you know? Mm-hmm. And nothing happened. We went back there. <laughs> we made even more connections, continued to talk to people, got amazing photos. And I think some of my favorite photos that I shot and favorite interviews and stories and stuff were backstage. I mean, the shots from the runway, they're great. I'm really happy with how they turned out. But the stuff that really shows personality, that shows what everyone's about, is when they're getting ready, they're just kind of shooting the shit backstage. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is really... That's priceless. And that was cool to see. We saw um, musician, model, Kane Kerner. He was back there. Um, definitely support his music. He's really dope. I've seen him perform at Bourbon and Branch with Rigo and a few others not too long ago. But, yeah. Kane's amazing. He's he awesome, makes yeah. his own clothes. He was actually wearing them b- backstage. Yeah. Uh, he has this, he, like, hand paints denim and stuff. Uh, I was on his Instagram. He's got, know that. Yeah. he, um, fuck, he's got this set of denim overalls that he painted, like, a whole skeleton on, mm. which I think is such a sick piece, such a cool idea. So he's doing big things. Check out our feature on him. He'll yeah. probably be in the mag coming up. For sure. So shout out to Kane. Um, what else happened? Kane walked for Mind of Cool. Yeah. Walked for a bunch of other brands as well. Um, Paragon Charisma. They were on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Um, the last night. Paragon Charisma was one of my favorite brands throughout. Their stuff was way more subtle. Um, not as crazy as something um, like Lamont Latif or or one of the other big brands. Mm-hmm. Uh, their stuff is a little bit more toned down, and their stuff is more on the streetwear spectrum. Yeah. I think that was the most street. Yeah, the streetwear, e- even though they weren't on the Thursday. Yeah, there was. Yeah, there was Saturday night, and their stuff is all like 
your kind of old school bomber jackets, mm. your varsity letter jackets, Everything your denim pieces. Yeah. yeah, stuff that works, you know, if it ain't broke. Like, really just good pieces, amazing um, designs. It's a fairly young dude that started the brand. Uh, I actually met his son. Son's super cool. His son okay. is poised to take over. Um, but yeah, everything is hand stitched. You can really see the level of craft that goes into there. One of my favorite moments during Fashion Week was I was backstage and uh, once again, shout out Liam. We keep talking about him, Liam Bergen, just because he really he walked in yeah. everything. Yeah, and he had his own style. And we just kept seeing him again and again because he walked in almost like, he walked in every single night and he walked for at least four or five designers every night. I think mm -hmm. he was probably, not that there's really a way to quantify this, but he was probably the most used model throughout. I think so, yeah. But he was walking around uh, in this killer, like, yellow, um, like, bomber jacket, and he was just so stoked on the piece. He was like, yo, dude, look at this. Like, check this shit out. This is amazing. Check this out. <laughs> he's, like, walking up to Kane. He's like, yo, look at Kane's piece. Kane had this denim jacket on with, um, like, old-school revolvers, kind of mm -hmm. like you would see in, like, an old-fashioned, like, Old West, like, gunfight-type thing. And it said, like, yeah. yeehaw, like, hand-stitched patches, mm -hmm. just stuff that shows real detail and texture and stuff that isn't something that you would just see at, like, a mall or just really amazing, high-quality pieces. And I was really blown away by that. Obviously, Liam was... And it was cool to see him so hype about something that he was wearing. Yeah. You know? I like, one of my favorites was, um, was actually, um, well, I have a bunch of favorites, but one of them for the streetwear was um, Majita Monet. Mm -hmm. And when I was writing the article about streetwear, it was, it kind of clicked in me, but I felt kind of stupid. But, so her name is Majita, and then her logo is the M from dragon ball z with majin vegeta so i was like <laughs> okay maj Ida, okay <laughs> but yeah that's that's her logo another dragon ball z like kind of thing but yeah dragon ball z keeps showing up which is cool another thing well, <laughs> dragon ball z and kanye songs how many fucking kanye songs did they play dude <laughs> so much kanye throughout that was definitely a big thing and yeah. personally i'm a kanye stan uh, it's kind of ridiculous how much I like Kanye. Jesus <laughs> is the best Kanye album. I know people think that's a shit take. It's, it's the best one. It's actually a pretty good album. It's yeah. an amazing album. But yeah, there's a lot of stuff from uh, Pablo, which I thought was kind of interesting. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's when he that's when he took it to Madison Square, and that's, mm -hmm. when, he, that's when he did his first easy line, so I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that was that was cool to see. A lot of Kanye, a lot of Dragon Ball Z. Obviously, there's these cultural references that people are like kind of feeding on, but everyone's doing their own unique thing with it. Yeah. It's not just like, oh, there's another fucking Kanye song. You know, it was like either a remix or it was used in a way that was like that showed that added a little bit more texture mm -hmm. and dynamic quality to the pieces. Yeah, I think the music was was done excellently. Like mm -hmm. the designers. I, like the first, the first three runways, I felt like the music was just, just randomized or something. Like it didn't, it didn't fit at all. But once people, I guess, started selecting their own music, it just really, it really set this, really set the tone. Like Dayanu, when they had the African um, inspired clothing with the the patterns and the textures of like the, you know, the, 
right? Like mm-hmm. the kente and all these all these different kinds of patterns. Um, what was they, that song that they had? They played um, Joanna, jo, jo, you know, the yeah. Joe song. They played um, if I, they played Fall by Davido. Like they really had the Afrobeat kind of thing going on, and people were really dancing. Like it was like oh, it and they had like these kind of like old school soul songs with like yeah. these African influences. Mm-hmm. And honestly, this is gonna sound a little corny, but like it was moving, you know? Hell yeah, it was moving. Same with um. Lamont Latif closed out the show that night right after Dianu, and he used a song right before uh, Simic Santana came on, which we'll talk about. Mm-hmm. But what was that song that he used that fit in line with the whole like humanitarian vibe that he's going for, which uh, we'll talk about? I really forgot that song. It was it was a bright. I remember it was like a bright. So song. It was like a throwback song, really bright, and that honestly was also really moving. Like mm-hmm. it was. And that's the thing, because fashion, it bridges the gap between so many different, like, creative pursuits. Because mm-hmm. it's not just clothes, you know? All these things are so intertwined and linked. You know, like, Lamont Latif, he just started designing stuff, really. He said, we actually uh, did an interview with him. Check out Icy Thoughts again for that. To be promoting yeah. us. Coming soon, for sure. Um, he really only started designing this past year. And he sees fashion as an extension of the music, you know? Mm. Listen, everyone's got to wear clothes. And I think fashion is one of, like, the best ways to show off what you're about as a person, to show off your individual style, Mm -hmm. show off the influences that you're into, and, like, truly wear something on your sleeve, you know? And that's what's so cool about fashion. And that's what's so cool about all these different creative pursuits is that they all mesh together so well. And Lamont Latif really kind of drove that point home. Um, can we talk about Santana now? Yeah, Sim, he, he came out like right in the half piece when, when the humanitarian shirts came out. Because the first models, they were actually child models, and they came in with these bright sweatsuits, and they, you know, they had big smiles on, and people were like amping them up, like, go ahead, young boy, go ahead. Like, it was, it was and it nice. wasn't just like a courty thing. Like it was cool. It wasn't yeah. like a gimmick or something. Yeah, it was, it was really genuine. Cool yeah, they looked like they they were really proud in it, and they were probably kids from the neighborhood, mm-hmm. honestly. But yeah, Mont's always trying to promote that. He really is a community leader. Humanitarian to the fullest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then after that, they had the um, humanitarian shirts come out, which which I purchased. Um, the newest one, the newest tagline is "Humanitarians Wanted in Calabasas." But the first ones that came out said um, th- those were kind of the ones that went a little bit viral. It was become a humanitarian, not a drug dealer. And the other one was be a humanitarian, not a gold digger. And it mm-hmm. just was the model. It just it just said so much. You know, a, a model could be silent and just standing there and you just getting so much information and so much vibe from the shirt. It's just one sentence. And that's kind of like his whole thing. He just wants to be live and direct with it. Just straight to the point. And you understand and you, you have a takeaway after the end of his, at, at, after the end of his runaway, I think it really, it really took home his message. And if you don't know too much about Mont, you're like, you'll, you'll go and search and, and do your research and you'll understand why everything was the way it was. And having Sim out there, another, another artist that, you know, he was just like a neighborhood rapper until um, his song started gaining some traction. Um, flexing, flexing and flashing. Yeah, <laughs> bar unintended. 
Um, but yeah, his his song "Flexing and Flashing" got some attention, and and Mont got wind of it, um, and he he talks about that more in, in our interview, and um, yeah, that that was somebody that was from around his neighborhood, and um, it was a mutual connection through their both of their moms, <laughs> and um, yeah, it was just like a, a organic thing that he put together, and he he just reached out as a really as an OG, as a big homie, like, you know, this, I could help you with this. And they, and they built a, a, a management, you know, they, they built a business through it. Yeah. He has a genuine like management level. You know, he's worked with Uzi, he's worked with Meek Mill, he's yeah. worked with uh, Rika, right? Yeah. He's done a lot of different kind of things. And, um, yeah, having Sim sit, well, first of all, Sim was the only person to perform on a runway the whole time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, having him just perform in the middle of the of, of the headlining performance, I mean, headlining runway was just like, with the biggest song in the city, you know, yeah. Flexing and Flashing is... And the model's just walking by him. Like, yeah. that really just brought the whole <laughs> thing yeah. home. You know, it really connected all that Mon is doing and all that everyone that is a part of that yeah, is connected really. with. And that's awesome. Yeah, the whole city, really. You know, um, and that's so cool to see. Like, my or um, Sim, sorry, is like a 19 year old kid, you know, <laughs> and he's like, he's got one of the biggest hits, he's he's all over the place. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely big things coming from him, for sure. So, definitely be on the lookout for that. And we and we got to meet Sim briefly, um, at the end of the at, at the end of the night. Um, he took a picture with the magazine, he got to check through it. His mom actually got to really. Um, I guess he's just really a, a, a art enthusiast because mm-hmm. she she gravitated gravitated towards it right away, and um, yeah. So both of them got got a chance to flip through the mag and really check it out. They have it in their possession, um, and Mont got one as well. And we got to really start building that relationship. So yeah, shout out to Sim Santana. Um, I know he has a lot of different things coming up soon. He has another big record coming out really soon. Um, and yeah, he's 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 gonna be on the move for a while. Mm-hmm. It's great to see him, for sure. Yeah. Is for that sure. about it for the streetwear? I yeah, I mean, once again, streetwear was really amazing. Collage had some amazing pieces. They were a little bit more toned down. They had some yeah. really nice sweaters. Um, their logo was almost like kind of like the supreme the the classic box logo yeah. they had kind of like a cool spin on that that was just like classic streetwear you know stuff you'd wear out mm. um all their models for that were super cool they had this one guy i don't know his name but he was a model that uh for all you skate homies out there he looked <laughs> kind of like dylan reader uh and dylan actually was a model himself and a skater uh, he actually modeled for like Vogue and stuff, like real big deal. Okay. Uh, real big in the skate world. He was on the Supreme team. He was uh, with like Jason Dill and FA. Uh, fucking awesome. He was in uh, Cherry, Bill Strobeck's uh, mm-hmm. skate video. Fucking amazing video. Check that out if you haven't seen it. Dylan unfortunately passed away a couple years ago of leukemia. Oh, he was real Happy. young. Yeah, rest in peace. Rest in peace to Dill. Um, but yeah, they're still carrying on his legacy and whatnot. He's, they have his shit all over Supreme shirts, and there is a really nice tribute to him in the most recent Supreme Skate vid, uh, Blessed. Which, if you haven't seen that, check that out. Fucking amazing video. Uh, they got an amazing soundtrack in there. 
They use um, fucking Daniel Johnson, another amazing artist. If you guys haven't heard his stuff, check him out. He also recently died. Rest in peace to him. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we've lost a lot of heavy hitters recently. But RIP to them. But, yeah, this model really kind of had major Dylan vibes. That was kind of cool to see. Um, Yeah, all the designers really... Not to continue going on this tangent, were amazing. Modish was amazing. Uh, King Me Ambitious was super dope. Himalaya had great pieces. Yeah. There's this one. They had this whole kind of mountain climber theme going on, yeah. an aesthetic. I really love their logo, too. Yeah, their logo is super cool. Um, and, yeah, that mountain climber theme was kind of fun, you know, for, like, a streetwear brand to be playing off of the whole idea of, like, climbing mountains. Mm-hmm. Like metaphorically, yeah. and then like in a literal way, because some of their pieces had like actual mountains and stuff on it. Mm-hmm. That was cool to see. Yeah. So yeah, that was an amazing night. Uh, you want to talk about Friday night? Yeah, Friday. What happened on Friday? Um, yeah, that was Runway One. Um, that was actually. I don't. I felt like it should have been called Runway Two, but uh, yeah, that was actually the first official runway. Um, yeah, um, it was, it was more of a higher, higher level of fashion, um, higher quality, I guess you could say. Um, we had people like Suede Square was one of my favorites. Um, they had sort of just, I felt like a lot of them were really, um, really flashy, honestly. Mm -hmm. But I think Suede Square was one of them that was like similar to like, similar to like a Milano where it's like, you know what this is, but it's not like this is unattainable. Like I, that's kind of like my favorite kind of fashion. Like it, it looks attainable, but it also looks like it has a really unique quality to it as well. Um, and also, I think that was the night where they had the the colorful streamers through their hair. Although other women, in the, yeah, that was an amazing touch. I mean, that must have taken hours. They literally had like like sparklers almost in their hair. Yeah, uh, that was super cool. Every night, when they, I think every night in that space, they had something something different came to the hair. Um, the last night they had um, the hair. Everyone's hair was like pinned and like crimped a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I didn't really get at first, but it was it was the uniformity that really brought it. Um, but yeah, all the the shout out to the hair people, the the makeup people again because they really they brought a lot of the looks to life with that. Um, and the the head designer by Suede Square, he came out with one of the dopest fits I've ever seen. <laughs> um, it was like an all red kind of like jumper type thing mm-hmm. um that he designed himself um and he also had the model you can check her out uh morgan um that's her instagram mm. two m's or uh three g's rather morgan three g's uh she had like this camo fit head to toe she had kind of like a headscarf type thing like a russian grandmother like a babushka <laughs> but with that whole camo fit big shoulder pads uh, kind of like bell bottoms, um, and that was amazing. They were like rocking those fits together, and yeah, their stuff was kind of a good mix of like high end pieces, um, high fashion, also some streetwear type stuff thrown in there, and kind of all those elements mixed together in a way that was really nice and cool. 
Yeah, I thought, yeah, a lot of them, they just had a nice hybrid, honestly. Um, I liked Nicole's Fury. I don't know if you remember. Oh, amazing yeah, stuff. The details, came, right? Yeah, even from like her graphic, like it had a whole, it was like a movie trailer a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like it had a whole introduction. It was flashing. Great, um, great photography work. And it just, her logo was very like bold and. Yeah, it really, it really had a lot of personality to it when you saw Nicole's Fury, and um, I, I don't think we got to meet her. Did you? I actually met her at night one. Natalie and I did an interview with her. Okay. She was standing there with um, Ashley Marcel. Ashley Marcel. Yeah, she was wearing um, this like black jacket type thing. Mm -hmm. There was with the eyes on it. And yeah, stuff. with yeah. eyes. There were like, I think there were like actual safety pins. Okay. There were kind of arranged in nice patterns or eyes there were skulls mm -hmm. um there was like a like the mexican like day of the dead type imagery with the yeah. skull like yeah. the candy skull uh she had like little pocketbooks and stuff and she was like she's super young i think she's in her early 20s she's doing huge things with that um so definitely be on the lookout for her yeah. but yeah that was definitely a big highlight for us they came out with um Another kind of song, Diamonds, and then um, or Diamonds from Sierra Leone. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, they came out with the guy had the the big, the Day of the Dead kind of skull, and it was like had like some sparkly little things on it, just a giant skull. Like he's carrying it like it's a, a package, like <laughs> nothing else. I don't think he had any any of the clothing on. He just had this big ass skull, and. Um, yeah, everyone else has had like really shiny pieces, and yeah, it, it had like a lot of different intricate designs in it. I think hers was one of the most. It looked like one of the most time-consuming ones, just with so many small details in it. Um, and I also liked, um, not to jump ahead, but the headlining, Brittany DeShields. Mm -hmm. I thought, well, all the headliners were amazing, but I think. She was definitely the most eye-catching, and I think um, she had a lot more women, if not all women. Um, yeah, I think she didn't have much menswear. Most of the designers had a good mix of menswear and women's wear. Yeah. But yeah. Some of them, yeah, only like two, of, two or three of them was just like all women. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it was one of them that was majority men. That was because they had a lot of suits, but. Yeah, she she had she came through with the the Megan the Stallion kind of looks, <laughs> and she actually did, um, sent some pieces to Megan the Stallion. If you ever seen that, um, she has this uh, snakeskin purple snakeskin mm -hmm. bubble coat that um, Brittany DeShields did for Megan the Stallion, and um, yeah, had that that cowgirl look, um, sexy cowgirl look with the um, sparkly cow cowgirl hat, and it was just it was just really a vibe, you know. It, it took it, and they had um, cow prints. A lot of people were in cow prints, and it really had that that rodeo kind of vibe. Yeah, that's definitely a trend that's coming back. The yeah. animal prints that that's been kind of dead for a couple yeah. of years, ever since like the early two thousands, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, but that's definitely coming back. One of my big highlights from Friday night was uh, Umberto Penaloza. He's a oh, Mexican yeah, yeah. designer based in New York right now. Mm -hmm. He's actually the only Latino designer from the main shows from uh from thursday through saturday that was at 801 market mm -hmm. um and he had a lot of women's wear a lot of like 
higher end luxury stuff, gowns, like ball gowns, stuff like that. But the stuff that really stood out to me was his menswear. That stuff was a little bit more toned down, a lot of sweaters, um, really well-made, well-tailored khakis, like chinos, um, just like slacks in general. That stuff I thought was really nice. We talked to him a bit. He was a really nice guy um, with just amazing pieces, and he's been doing it now for over 20 years. He really, he's been hustling. Um, So it was cool to see his stuff there. Really like that. Yeah, and I also thought, so I know I thought it was, it was really bold for him to come out like rapping New York so hard <laughs> at Philly Fashion Week. <laughs> I was a little upset at first, but uh, he can't. He, the the pieces were definitely um, a lot of effort went into them, and you you could tell like twenty years definitely like brought him to where he is today. He's been he's been putting in a lot of work. He's been putting in the work. Um, another highlight for me was uh, Jenny Lee Moss. Oh, yeah. Her stuff was kind of sort of hard to describe her style. Um, but she had a lot of a lot of streetwear, a lot of... It was a good blend. Yeah, a good blend, kind of more laid-back type stuff. There's mm-hmm. also definitely your higher-end type pieces. Um, amazing like dresses that had a lot of flair um, and then stuff that was almost more like kind of like sweatpants and yeah. stuff but mixed in with more higher end elements um, and her stuff really focused on sustainability okay. and she was mo- one of the more like spiritual designers I would say mm. she definitely had more like spiritual vibes going on for her mm. And she was also super lovely. We talked to her a bit. Um, definitely check her out. Yeah, Runway One was definitely that was that was another. It w- it wasn't the it wasn't the same crowd, of course, as as streetwear. No, but not. it was definitely. A, but there was a good mix of streetwear. Once again, we said yeah. Mind of Cool Rumors. They their yeah, stuff they was came there. Out again. Um, so yeah, every night it was really a good mix. Um, from designer to designer of streetwear, even a lot of the designers themselves. Mm-hmm. Their streetwear pieces, uh, luxury, high-end pieces, more standard menswear, it really depends. So, yeah. yeah. Um, see, Runway 2. That was runway the, two. the final night. The final night. Yeah, do you have anything that really stood out to you from that? I talked about Paragon Charisma, the handmade bomber yeah, jackets. That was a good one. One of my favorite... Um, designers from all the nights. Um, yeah. Runway two, yeah. Um, I really liked. I liked Paragon at first. I liked that was that was the good beginning. Um, that was earlier in the night. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So elevated. Um, actually, have her 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 binder, her binder right here. S E W. So elevated. So elevated. They came. They had like. It was a lot of silkiest stuff. Um, I think theirs was also all women's, but the designer, Nicole Muhammad, yeah, she was there. Um, yeah, it was like, everything was very flowy, very, um, very, a lot of gold. Um, gold I have a silvers. quote here with uh, an interview she did on the, with Courier Post. Yeah, go ahead. Um, she said, I wanted to bring style to modest women, um, she also said, modest clothing doesn't have to be drab or just one style. 
it can have flair and color. Um, and I think that's really important. And right. she was definitely highlighting that. Um, because, yeah, a lot of pieces that you see nowadays shows off a lot of skin, shows off. Mm-hmm. It's not ne- necessarily the most humble or the most kind of, I don't know how you want to put it, but hers definitely classic, definitely elegant. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was most of the pieces were full body, but yeah, they they definitely yeah, like they it was a lot of different intricacies in that and it was yeah, it it would drag. They had really nice dresses that, you know, drag drag through the runway. Um yeah, but hers was definitely a standout. Um KW Couture was another good one. Mm-hmm. Um they had a really dope logo I remember and they had really nice um, theirs was one that they came with a lot of um, only a few of them came with um, accessories that you could purchase um, but KW had their own accessories um, they had a few handbags as well I saw and um, yeah they from top to bottom they had the models covered and um, yeah shout out to K Luxury I mean K- KW Kosher. Um yeah and uh Conrad Booker had some amazing pieces. I remember right. they uh opened the show that night. Yeah. Yeah, just great great pieces all together. Mm-hmm. And Cristobal, the headliner over there. Um Yeah, closet by uh Cristobal. Yeah, he was he was great as well. Um Yeah, I, I just felt like it wasn't as it wasn't what I what I expected at all. Like Fashion Week people People came with a lot of with, with open minds, um, lots of varying different styles. Like designers would come with a nice a nice proper suit, and then in that same line have like some sweatpants and have like a t-shirt or something like that, or like a jumpsuit or something that you know you can wear on your regular day. So it covered like the most elegant ball or gala down to your, your just regular Thursday, like I said. All in the same show. Mm-hmm. You know, really was very diverse in terms of style. Um, and yeah, it was our first fashion week, but we're definitely going to be back. We'll be back this winter. Yeah. Um, they do it about twice a year, every, every season. Should um, be the same location. Yeah, should be the same location. And it's cool that it seems like they kind of have like a fixed spot now. Uh, the fashion district is definitely promoting that hard. That event, I think, is going to be their kind of like bread and butter every year. Yeah. So it's cool to see. It's cool to see their first year in that new space. Yes. And Paris Fashion Week was going on at the same damn time, <laughs> which was so funny. But we'll be out there as well. Um, we'll be in New York Fashion Week. We'll be at all the Fashion Weeks. And uh, yeah, after that, after going to that one, I'm just like, I'm ready for more. That was just like, some points was just like, a creative orgasm. (laughs) Wow. I can't believe they did this. You know, just, you just be sitting there in awe, especially when you're right up front, you're just sitting there in awe sometimes. Yeah. We got, uh, actually in VIP seats every night, which was amazing. Um, all the organizers were incredible. Um, all the people that worked for Philly fashion week doing backstage stuff, helping secure, uh, Helping secure seats for the press, helping secure 
seats for everyone and just helping to really organize it from a behind the scenes perspective. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Uh, shout out Nick Vitale. We yeah. really got to throw some love to our guy there. Yeah. Um, I also, right. yeah, he's just like a local designer. He moved from Lancaster about a year ago. Mm. Um, and he's doing shows himself. He actually, he, he didn't have any pieces in the shows, but there are people throughout. Some of the stylists were wearing his clothes. He mm. was wearing his own looks. Some of the looks he'd made like that morning. Yeah. You know, just, he had a, he had all kinds of stuff. It was always all black pieces that he was wearing himself just because he was one of... Yeah, that was the, the uniform. The uniform. But he had uh, pieces that were dresses. He had vests, like utility vests, cargo-type vests. Mm -hmm. Amazing stuff. Um, and once again, to plug my own self, I'm actually going to be walking in an event on November 1st um, for Nick. Nick put out a casting call on Instagram was looking for models i've never really modeled before but i was like you know what fuck it i sent him a headshot he liked my look um and i'll be i'll be one of the 14 models Ooh. that's wearing his stuff um and it's just a public show in rittenhouse and that's what's so cool like i'm sure he could have a real legit space but he wants to really use that he wants to get everyone involved you know like rittenhouse is obviously a public park brings all kinds of people. Rittenhouse is a runaway already. <laughs> yeah, already. You know, you see all kinds of people there. He did a show in the spring in Rittenhouse. Uh, check out his Instagram for videos of that. But yeah, Liam Bergen, one of our favorite models, he's going to be walking in that show. Kane Kerner's walking in that oh, show. Um, Helen is Logan is her Instagram name. She, she was serving looks. Mm -hmm. She'll be walking in that. So it's cool to kind of be on the other side of the curtain now. Okay. Um, we'll definitely have a lot of coverage from that. But yeah, you really just once again, you just got to get your foot in the door. You got to meet people, make these connections. Um, people hitting me up, asking about like photographs. I have a photo shoot scheduled for next week. Yeah. I'm doing product stuff for uh, Francis London, Ugly Duckling Clothing. Be my first like official shoot. Be my first paid shoot. And that's the thing. You just got to be like, fuck it, and put yourself out there and do it. That's what we did. So, yeah, that's our recap for Fashion Week. Yeah, um, I think we killed it. I think we made a bunch of really incredible, important connections. Mm -hmm. um, and just stay stay following our stuff, you know? Yeah. Shout out to everybody we met, all the models, all the designers. Um, the creative directors, the stylists, the musicians that perform. Everyone that made Fashion Week come together. Shout out to all of yeah. them, all these creative people. Carrie and Kevin, like a lot of a lot of people went in, into the creation of this, the process, and the dream came true. So we're just happy to have been a part of it and be the most consistent press um, outlet over there. Mm -hmm. Time and time again, every fucking day, we were out there. Yeah, Josh, myself, Natalie Cavallo once again. She yeah. wasn't able to make it to this, so we really got to throw her some love because mm -hmm. she was, she really was an incredible help. You know, I think she brought her insight, her talent in interviewing and just talking to people, mingling. She really, she showed up. Yeah. That's what it's about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so shout out everyone once again, everyone involved. Um, and just continue to look at the site, continue to check for new coverage. 
we'll be posting yep. some more stuff throughout the weekend, throughout the week. Yeah, next Whenever. next coverage is going to be coming from A3C Festival in Atlanta. So yeah, moving around. Um, Hopefully we can get this up before then. But yep. yeah, Josh is headed down to Atlanta, so check out that coverage. All right, peace. Yeah. Episode two, we Episode are Episode two is in the books. Follow Icy Thoughts Mag. Fuck with us. Stay icy. Stay icy. Cold. Temperature is dropping. <laughs>